Welcome to the Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not-so-hidden temptations. We are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring to the show people who know what they're talking about and help you with some of these aspects of your life. You live life only once, so why not live a life worth living? Today, we get the chance to sit down with Professor Mary Opalk and Joanna Bach. Mary is actually a fashion designer and merchandiser with experience in industries such as yoga wear, accessories, and also a few big-name companies such as Harley Davidson Motorclose. She currently works as an associate professor at the Illinois Institute of Art. She actually shares an artsy scarf, shawl, and jewelry company with her fellow artist and friend Joanna Bach. Joanna is a full-time student at the Illinois Institute of Art who also happens to juggle a full-time job and running this company with alongside of Mary. The company that these two ladies run is named Wolf Spirited. Every single piece is handmade and one of a kind. These ladies have definitely have a lot of wisdom to share, so let's get right into it. So sitting down with uh, Mary Opalk and Joanna Bushell. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. Doing well. Awesome. These are uh, some fashion designers here in Chicago, professor and actual designer. So Mary, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background, actually? Well, yeah. Um, like I said in the blurb, I'm basically a yoga wear designer from Southern California. Um, I'm originally from Crystal Lake, Illinois, but I spent pretty most of my career, I would say, you know, besides the teaching, um, in Los Angeles designing. And then um, most of the companies I worked for were active wear companies. Um, and I think um, the most unusual uh, sidestep was when I actually was designing for Harley Davidson Motor Clothes. <laughs> and I was doing. Very um, Harley, Milwaukee guy. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Well, Karen Davidson and I went to college together. So we ran into each other okay. kind of by accident. And I was designing for them for about eight years freelance. Awesome. In addition to my regular Jeez. design job. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then I've been teaching here at the Illinois Institute of Art for. 16 years. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> so obviously you've had quite a few people come through here uh, in a big city. Any uh, success stories from that, students you've had? Yeah, I was talking to you earlier about that. So um, one of our students is the head swimwear designer at Calvin Klein. Another was an assistant designer um, at Ralph Lauren. And in fact, they started a whole new division for him. So if I was looking to be a model at Ralph Lauren or Calvin Klein, you could hook me up. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> I could. Yeah. I have a really good base for radio. So. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So we have a lot of students. You know, one of the students at BB is a, a graduate from here. She's okay. a designer. So, yeah, they're sprinkled all over out there. So. Awesome. And Joanna, some stuff about you? Um, I started out being raised by... Uh, parents that wanted to homeschool and took a very different approach to just everything mm -hmm. in regards to education. Um, my mom was an art teacher and she taught art on the side uh, in like private classroom settings to like help earn some extra money and because she didn't feel like paying for babysitters I just got to sit in the art classes all the time oh, yeah. so I got really good at drawing I got really good at you know pretty much everything relating to design and color theory and 
things along those lines. And in my own free time, I decided to go and see what, you know, cool things I could make for myself with jewelry. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother got me uh, just like a set. It was like a couple little pliers and like some beads and stuff for um, like birthday or Christmas or something like that. And I just went nuts with it. I think I was like 11 years old or so. And it turned into a really big hobby for me that I continued all throughout high school. I got better at wire wrapping. I got better at just sourcing different materials and disassembling things, reassembling them into something more interesting or unique. And yeah, it kind of lay dormant for a little while. I was going to school full time and working full time as a barista Mm. and that just sucked every creative (laughs) bone dry. So that was uh, a little bit of a rest period. But after, um, after I moved in with Mary and Chris, I had more time to just relax and to sort of let that let those ideas come back. And I got all my old tools out again, and I started wrapping some of the crystals that she had laying around the house. And they were all turning out really interesting. Mm-hmm. I had never really you know gotten access to actually really nice pieces before. All the little things that you buy off the internet are pretty, like. I don't know. Not consistent. So I like guess. what I'm imagining is like back when I was in middle school, like the hemp jewelry people would like make kind each other of, yeah. give it to your boyfriend. <laughs> oh, this looks so great. Yeah. Except a little <laughs> bit more elevated than yeah. that. <laughs> Those are the days. Oh yeah. That down last about four seconds in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my brother did the whole like friendship bracelet thing for I think a week mm-hmm. and that's about it. Well, the cool kids are doing it. You had to do it. Or else yeah, it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to just make my own stuff and I wanted to just bring in a few extra bucks. I was working for Starbucks at the time, and it was, you know, during the summer where it was a lot of really long, hot days back there making a lot of frappuccinos, and this was sort of my my relaxation to come home and just take some really beautiful pieces of crystals and whatnot and turn them into something that you could wear, and not only something that you could just wear casually, but also in a more formal setting as well. So a lot of the pieces you created were just kind of learned by doing no actual like instruction or help from like an outside source? I looked your... at a few different uh, tutorials on YouTube, and that was more just the basics of different patterns and different, um, I guess, like combinations of like wrapping patterns mm-hmm. that you can use for wire and for um, just like uh, knotted hemp and stuff like that. But yeah, it was just sort of like, okay, I'll watch this five-minute one, and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to go practice it myself for three hours. And that's where any quote-unquote skill would have come from, was just applying it over and over again. That's really surprising, like in a good way to me. I feel a lot of people would spend like three hours watching, and then five minutes trying, like, yeah, it doesn't work. And it's like, oh, like, my TV show's on, time to go do this. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's something that my brothers were a little bit more like, but I'm... I am a diehard, I guess. (laughs) I played classical piano for a long time, and that was another one of those things where it was like, at first, like for the first decade, it was really difficult. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things that you just did not understand immediately, and it took hours of dedication. And that sort of mindset definitely helped me get better with drawing. It helped me get better with jewelry and just everything creative and artistic that's in me. Okay, and so then is that how kind of Wolf Spirited all came together with you guys, or how did how did that story come come together? So that came about as an actual store when we had way too many of these pieces laying around the house, <laughs> and so what, what is Wolf Spirited? I guess let's back up real quick. Wolf Spirited is at its core, it's organic jewelry and just uh, so with. 
Yeah, silk <laughs> scarves and uh, possibly in the future vintage uh, like clothing and stuff like that. Just things that have a much more organic feeling to them okay. and can inspire that sort of sense within the person that's wearing it or that would have maybe some of like the more home decor items around their house. And I think what's really interesting about our line is that um, the, the crystals and the rocks we use are the real thing. Mm -hmm. There's no faux anything. Okay. And the scarves are really mm -hmm. vintage Indian, 100% silk, no polyester whatsoever. Mm -hmm. These are 100% silk. And so everything we do is the authentic uh, materials. Yeah, I was able to, I mean, just through the different pieces that you had laying around, the different crystals that I was wrapping, I was able to make so many different, really beautiful pieces out of things that were completely natural and that were also very unique. And it was extremely enjoyable to, you know, to do as an artist, to be able to make, you know, beautiful thing after beautiful thing and keep on working with it. And, you know, it was, it was just sort of a simple idea, like, why not sell this online? Why not figure out a way to get this out to the public and then we just sort of happened upon this resource our <laughs> yeah the scarves were um all the silk came from a local uh, vintage shop okay and they, they were, were i mean they were all like different prices and stuff but we went through all of them there was this massive rack of them that <laughs> we like from here to here yeah like we spent like this two different days yeah <laughs> we, bought, we bought a lot we bought a lot <laughs> So you guys took these scarves and altered them or resell them? We're planning on doing a few different things with them. Okay. Um, right now, we have them listed as they can be used as a scarf or they can be used as a wrap. And, and one of them is the goddess wrap. Yeah, the <laughs> goddess wrap is where you take a much more fine silk scarf mm -hmm. and they have to be a certain length. So there were, those were a few things that we were looking out for when we're sourcing materials. Um, take it. There's a specific pattern to wrapping it and it creates a really beautiful, almost like... Um, got sort of like a classic Greek look to it with the way that the folds so flow. Like a skirt. Yeah, and you wear it as a skirt and you can wear it either over like a long black dress or over tights or something and it takes an outfit that would otherwise be very ordinary and mm -hmm. dresses it up to a really nice level. Okay, so this is for females only? Currently, um, right now, I've been in talks with another friend of mine mm -hmm. who she and I sort of goes back to just our old love of thrift store shopping and you know, kind of looking for those individual finds. She and I both really enjoy doing that, and we were thinking maybe we could start doing sort of an upcycled idea where we would go through and for male or female garments, we would be finding like the few gems that would be scattered throughout mm -hmm. various different shops in the city, whether it's Salvation Army or Goodwill or, you know, a local one, and finding those, cleaning them up, repairing them, taking care of, you know, any issues that there might be with the piece and then selling that as well as long as it fits in with the rest of the vibe essentially and that would be for male or female so instead of taking the road of i want to launch like an online e-commerce store and i have to go source something from overseas mm -hmm. create it manufacture it and then sell it here in the states you guys are kind of taking what's out there mm -hmm. refurbishing it and then selling it as something new for everyone which makes a lot of sense to me because like there's the, the classic fashion thing of what's in style right now. Mm -hmm. You know, three months and you go buy a new shirt or new whatever, new jacket. Yep. What am I going to do with this? Vintage. Exactly. Goodwill. <laughs> so, you know, throwback. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, part of it is having the eye for things that were fashionable in the past and are still fashionable now mm -hmm. and being able to pick out, you know, the ones that actually are good quality materials as well. Um, 
another part of why we've just been staying away from sourcing overseas is that the especially when it comes to the jewelry mm -hmm. the quality of the stones is really hard to ensure okay and that's something that i looked into um i looked into a lot of different things as far as like jewelry supplies go and when it comes to things like chains and things like um different types of cord and whatnot that's actually pretty easy to get fairly cheap either from overseas or locally mm -hmm. and it's pretty easy to maintain the quality but when it comes to actually getting good crystals it's very difficult to know whether or not the person is actually going to be sending you something real because a lot of places will use pictures of something that is real and then send send you what is essentially a man-made version mm -hmm. or a forced version that was grown way too quickly and did not form right or does not have the good the proper coloring things like that and yeah, it's, it's just been that I haven't been able to find someone who can sell things like that other than specific local shops that I can go to personally, that I can handle the crystals myself and know, okay, this weighs what it's supposed to weigh. This is the coloring that it's supposed to be in, you know, in room light and not just something that's been photoshopped and put online. And then I think the other thing is that she's just kind of drawn to them where we both are to scars and to do the one, yeah, whatever exactly. ones we gravitate towards, that's the one we're that's when we're inspired to create with mm -hmm. it. I okay. think that's why it's an art. Mm -hmm. You know, is that we're not just... Yeah, we're not we're just sourcing not like, like a conveyor belt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where does your creativity, inspiration, those kind of things come from? You just walk into a store and say, oh, like, I, walk me through that thought process. Like, I take it very slowly. Okay. Um, I've been interested in crystals and such like that for various different reasons for a long time mm -hmm. and the process that goes through that that I go through personally and that sometimes I'll even bring friends along to kind of like see through their eyes and have them walk through the process as well and get their feedback on it and it's usually just we're going to go in here even if it's a place that I've already been they usually will have like new stock out we're going to go slowly. We're going to first look through everything once. Mm -hmm. We're going to see what actually is really eye-catching. And then from there, we go and look at the size and we go and try and find a piece that is going to sit well on the body mm -hmm. because something that is something that is extremely angular or is lopsided is going to fall crookedly. It's mm -hmm. not going to look good. It's going to be difficult to work with in the first place. So the trick is to avoid shapes like that. Find something that's going to be flatter like this one that's going to like lay there and not just twist around and get all tangled. Um, the next one is coloring, finding a piece that has coloring that actually looks really good and that is usually consistent or at least has, you know, a lot, a large portion of, uh, of good parts. It looks good. What do you mean by that? I feel like there's you know, infinite colors out there. Is it like sharpness? It's usually something to do with the depth of the color, um, okay. how saturated the crystal appears and the actual, um, hue of the color itself. So, for example, there's a lot of man-made amethyst that is sold where it is grown under pressure and is grown very quickly, and those tend to be very pale. Okay. They come out uh, sort of washed out and almost translucent, and it, it's just generally not appealing. In some cases, it can be when it's used well or if the piece is grown well and it has good like points that are formed on it. But if it's going to be just a really rough, almost glassy-looking piece of stone that has a washed-out color, it's not going to be... It's not going to be attractive to the eye, whether it's been all dolled up with fancy wire wrapping or not. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So, like, what do you, you guys have a bunch of things in inventory right now? Like, how is it kind of working on the business side? Is it? We do have a decent amount of inventory. Okay. Um, 
I, I currently have a whole big rack of necklaces that uh, I didn't sell at my last fair. I sold quite a few, but these are, you Done know. more. Yeah, <laughs> I've also made more. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, a lot more, a lot more uh, small pieces. I, for a while, I was focusing more on bigger ones okay. and using a lot of uh, not expensive stones, but just hefty, you know, centerpiece sort of stones. Uh, whereas lately I've been trying to broaden my horizons and, and you have a show yeah and I also have a show coming up on Saturday so unfortunately this is, won't air before then <laughs> it's okay <laughs> but so, so you guys have like e-commerce store and store envy right and then mm-hmm. you have shows how, how do you split that inventory you just we will bring it to the show we'll okay. just bring everything that's listed on there to the show usually what I'll do is the prices will be somewhat altered okay. whereas online Basically, if you want it 24-7, you're going to have to pay a certain price level for it. Right. If you're willing to track it out to a show, then they are usually combined into this group is 40 bucks, this group is 30 this mm-hmm. one is 20 And it whereas online, it's very individual based on the labor that went into the piece or the quality of the crystal and such. So like, what is the kind of your target market then for a consumer? Essentially, like, I don't want to say the modern hippie, but okay. kind of someone like that. Someone who is contemporary in their tastes and is you know not just looking for something that's going to look like it came from the 70s mm-hmm. but they're looking for something that's very unique and at the same time has that organic feeling that very natural and earth-grown sense to it and you're seeing like kind of price points per like jewelry piece or scarf is like 20 30 40 50 60 dollars opposed to like 100, 2,000, something like that, like, out of the... Well, it depends. Right store. now, we're working on... She's actually uh, begun this massive project mm-hmm. of taking some of the scarves, and the the thing with them is that they're very, very delicate silk. And yeah, silk chiffon is really hard to sew with. Yeah, but what she's going to be working on is making um, essentially, like, a kimono-esque shawl. Okay. Um, kind of like the sort of kimonos that have become really popular in a lot of you kind know of, young girls' summer wear and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. Not young girls, but like high school and upward. Um, but while also using the same really beautiful silk scarves that mm-hmm. we have, so that you know it's a material that actually feels really good on the skin and they're very diaphanous. Mm-hmm. You know because they're mostly not all, but most are silk chiffon. Yeah, um, and we've got all kinds of prints and colors so it appeals to a lot of different people mm. and um, you know it's hard to make them and not want to keep them all yeah exactly <laughs> so but yeah those are all going to be those are going to be handmade uh, yeah. we wouldn't be able to run silk that's that delicate you know, through if I a got machine. five done by the end of the summer it'd be a miracle exactly you so know, those are gonna be uh, cost a lot more money because there's gonna be a lot of labor mm-hmm. and so and the, and the value will be there I mean really can you think can you imagine like for Christmas like for the holidays I know I know like that one with the sequins on it the very tiny it'd tiny be dazzling yeah. yeah 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 there's so many beautiful pieces that we have that the fabric the amount of fabric that you've got is six is yards. large yeah well it, no it's six feet I measured okay. some of them at eight feet eight feet yeah, yeah. So you've got a lot to work with and the really the really great part about them is that each one is unique and a lot of them were handmade in India and were made specifically for someone. And then they were donated to this vintage shop and or the vintage shop bought them mm-hmm. wherever. And um, yeah, they all they all are completely unique. They're and all very Another beautiful. thing that I like about our source is that 
um, they are there to support the less fortunate. Mm-hmm. And so they even at their store give vouchers to families who, mm-hmm. you know, if you need something and you don't have money, they'll, they'll let you just have it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, we really like working with these people. It's a family owned business. They have two shops. And so, you know, our sources are kind of reflective of who we are. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So how does that work? So like every piece is pretty unique, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I notice something on you that I like. I say, I want to buy that for a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do customizable stuff? Do you guys have categories where there's enough that's something similar to that I can go find? Or is it just kind of a crapshoot uh, <laughs> on the website or at the... It's... Uh, um. It's kind of a toss-up. It depends okay. on how long the customer is willing to wait because okay. if they are, if they maybe already have a crystal that they specifically want wrapped, okay. then I can do that for them. If they have a specific type of crystal and a specific shape, that can be more difficult to find. Mm-hmm. Like there was um, a customer that I had where she wanted a necklace that I had made where it was a rose quartz sphere that was right about like this big or so. Mm-hmm. And it was wrapped in gold and I was selling it at the show she wanted it in silver and I couldn't really like, I didn't have the materials there. I couldn't whip it out and change it for her immediately. But what I told her was I can do my best to try and find another similar piece. And what had unfortunately happened was the store that I had gotten it from had sold out um, ahead of time or before I had been able to go back and I wasn't able to, uh, you know, pick it up immediately. And that can be a serious challenge when you've got people that are looking for specifics. Mm -hmm. But usually what I recommend is, you know, let me see if I can find you something similar. Mm -hmm. I'll look around. I'll see if I can find something that's a similar color, maybe a different type of rock Mm -hmm. or similar shape. Not exact, but it fits the vibe that you're going for. And we can work from there. I've done a lot of uh, custom pieces for people lately, and that's something that I want to be focusing on anyways. Okay. So how do you guys see, like, scaling this business? Because obviously you're working full-time, and Mary, you have your you know, professional career as a mm-hmm. professor. Like, mm-hmm. Obviously, this stuff kind of going on outside of that. How do you guys see this moving forward? Is something full-time? Is it always going to be something part-time that's just a passion? What it do, sort of depends. Kind of see it? Yeah, it really sort of depends on the venues that we can get into mm-hmm. um, from here on out. This is the sort of thing where, like, as goofy as it sounds, I'd love to go to places like the Renaissance Fair right. where you're going there every weekend. You're there all day Friday and Saturday Mm -hmm. and you have a massive inventory that you're selling and it's to you know crowds that are constantly changing I'd love to do stuff like that Um, I don't know if that would necessarily happen within the next couple of years but it's sort of a goal to be able to maintain something like that Mm -hmm. and you know if that would be enough to support me even if it wasn't you know like I was rolling in dough I'd be fine with that Mm -hmm. this has always been something where we know it's not going to ever be a massive you know massive taken as far as money goes mm-hmm. but it's something that is very creatively fulfilling yeah it wasn't really ever the purpose was <laughs> never really we never we yeah were like we, oh let's just sell these we never really thought about like, yeah like sort of like, like yeah we'd bring some money in but that was never really the biggest part of it i know that sounds ridiculous but it's well, like yeah we'd like to make some money but this is like we're crafting this and it's fun and you know, we're willing to let some of it go, not mm-hmm. all of it. Right. <laughs> what well, that makes sense to me. Like, take the Renaissance Fair thing, mm-hmm. for example. Let's say you guys get in there one mm-hmm. Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. sell out in like six hours, mm-hmm. and you can't even come back on Saturday, even though they want you to. Right. So they call you on Monday, like, hey, why don't you come back? But now you're like, I have a job, I have a job. Like, we literally don't have time to do this. Do you guys have any plans for that? Like, are you just... I mean, if it was... Are there enough was... people in your network who can do what you're doing, or is it more of like proprietary... 
it'd be it'd be difficult to find someone who would be able to do stuff like this. I do have a couple friends where I know that I could rope them in if yeah. I if I you know really asked them to. If I was really polite and nice. Right. Um, but yeah, that'd be the sort of thing where if we did ever have an instance like that, I'd be kind of shocked for one, mm-hmm. just because you know it's been small scale so far, right. and preparing for the bigger scale of things is something that I haven't fully built up to yet. But if it's the sort of thing where I was actually selling out all of my inventory mm-hmm. and I knew that I was going to be able to continue doing that, I'd probably put my full time efforts into it. Right. I. I mean, it'd be difficult, like, having to say, like, you know, sure, I'm done with my job and I'm just going to, you know, switch over to this. But right. I don't know. I'm it's a fun leap to take, for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because, Mary, in your background, did you have any, like, scaling, like, experience with some of your previous companies that you worked with? As far as? Uh, like, taking a company from something low, like, revenue to, like, a high revenue, like, well, having, like, double your team or something like the, that? The only company that... That the smallest company that mm. I worked for did a million dollars okay. a year, which in that in the activewear industry in the '90s was very 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 small. Mm-hmm. And most of the other lines that I did did about fifty million dollars. Okay. Year. So average that was, you know, what my designs brought in per year. So, um, but what what was so nice with this line was once again it was a reflection of me, mm-hmm. and I got to really do my look and no one got in my way and everyone just let me you know do what I did go to Europe you know buy the prints buy the fabric get inspired come back design Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's going to be great everything you do always sells and it went to nine million dollars in three years right it's not a zillion dollars but we had our little place in the industry Mm -hmm. every a-lister came into our store or had boxes sent because they were going to be doing the cover of shape magazine or they had a video coming out like Jane Fonda decided that well I'm going to have my people call her people (laughs) and I'm going to have you make something unique for me for the front of my video and so there was a lot of work like that where I was working with celebrities Oprah Winfrey um, you know we sent her a whole box of my things she picked out what she wanted for the Boston Mm -hmm. Marathon and then used that video footage in her opening montage in 1996 so that was my stuff running across the screen so it was just stuff like that that made me feel really great um and yeah we'd get our little you know if Demi Moore was wearing something on the cover then we got that little credit you know dance France Mm -hmm. and um so it was just it was really really fulfilling because um women who could buy anything in the whole wide world chose to buy my things and I was actually like I would be like um like nervous to meet them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like, you know, I'm just a little girl from Crystal Lake, Illinois. Yeah. You have no idea. This is all a happy accident, yeah. you know. But so that was the be- that was really the best part of my career. And then also designing for Harley Davidson because I was working with my best friend from college, was Karen Davidson, mm-hmm. the granddaughter of the, that family of the Davidsons. And um, so yeah, she let me also have full reign. You know, so I was at the, you know towards the end of my career uh, as far as designing, um, I was really able to do my thing. You know, so okay. So like yeah. from a partnership standpoint for your company, you guys mm-hmm. have seemingly different backgrounds, like mm-hmm. more work ethic, more like teaching and like mm-hmm. the experience. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's kind of uh, imperative for like a successful business partnership, or do you think like two designers can just come together and just like take a straight line and like be successful like why do you think you guys have been so successful in your partnership I think it greatly just depends on the person that you're working with okay 
Um, I have certain friends where because I want to keep them as friends, I will not work with them. (laughs) And that's just the way that it's going to be because I know that we function differently and I know that our thought processes for everything are, they're both valid, they're both good, but they are different Mm -hmm. and they don't work well alongside each other. She and I happen to just have really (laughs) similar ideas when it comes to a lot of things. They have similar tastes. I mean, we decorate the place like the same and every time we go to, you know, like pick out something like if we're shopping together, we always end up looking at the same colors and mm-hmm. at the same sort of, you know, aesthetic in general. I brought her, I brought home branches for her. And she <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said this branch had your name on it. I've been working on, um, yeah, I've been working on some more, uh, some more unique pieces there, different, I guess you could call it a wall sculpture okay. using uh, natural driftwood that we found around and other natural materials to sort of come together and make a home decor piece. Those aren't listed anywhere yet. They're still under wraps. Um, yeah, so where do you kind of see yourself expanding to then with different pieces? Like exactly what you're just mentioning now. Is that something you want to expand on? Or do you think you're just going to focus on scarves, jewelry pieces, kind of like the home decor? Like obviously, again, it comes back to scaling. Right. You only have so many hours in the day, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the home decor stuff is definitely... Um, it, that's going to take a lot more time mm-hmm. because that's not something that I have too much exposure to. Um, and one of my aunts, she went to school for interior design. And growing up, going to her house was always sort of like really interesting experience because mm-hmm. she was constantly redoing some room somehow. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was cool because like it gave me a lot of different ideas for even just growing up as a child. Like, okay, this is a cool room and this looks cool. Mm-hmm. And picking out the different, you know the little things that sort of made it. And so that's, I guess, what I'm channeling right now, and it's coming slowly. It's not something that was ever a massive part of my life, but things like, you know, centerpieces for a big blank wall that you might have in your house. I would want to make it out of something that would look very natural and would have very muted natural tones to it. Um, It'd be, you know, mixed media, something along those lines. When it comes to the upcycled clothing, that's another thing that's going to sort of just grow over time. Uh, right now, I think we have a couple leather jackets in the closet that she picked out um, that we were looking at, you know, adding to along with like some of the wraps. And then if we can find some other interesting clothing items, sort of build mini wardrobe mm-hmm. to bring with to a show and such. But that's another aspect that's growing pretty slowly. That's really fun for me is because I'm really a textile mm-hmm. this is where the experience comes in is she <laughs> right. knows like she can just touch something and immediately be like oh yeah it's made out of this or oh yeah it's this combination of things and you know it was made this is faux leather this yeah. is real leather exactly this is lambskin <laughs> yeah you know, this is like you know so yeah I, and that yeah that comes from a lot of experience and i teach textiles as well so mm-hmm. that but that comes from a long line of experience you know looking at textiles every day for mm-hmm. years but I love it you know and what's fun you know I, I like going you can there's these beautiful leather jackets that mm-hmm. people will just like you said they just you know I've worn it for six months and they get mm-hmm. tired of it and they just put it you know into a thrift store and it's yep. like but it's excellent and it's just there mm-hmm. it's just ta- it's really like curating from yeah the thrift exactly stores. like there's these fabulous things that people just there's nothing wrong with them mm-hmm. and they're classic they're classic 
motorcycle jacket and a lambskin, and someone yeah. just decided, you know, they just didn't want it. So my favorite jacket is a jacket from my dad from like 1970s. He stopped yep. wearing that for like two years. Yeah. And then my mom's like, "What's this in the basement?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm wear that for Halloween." And I just wear it out normally now. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's nice. People like offer me money like yeah. on the street. Like, can I buy that for you? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> and that's the thing about leather jackets, and that was that I was saying to her. You know. You, you, you really can't go wrong with leather jackets. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, the people, there's all kinds of styles. They're somewhat timeless mm-hmm. depending on the cut. Yep. You know, so that's the kind of thing you upscale. It's basically you're making it available. Yeah, you're finding, you're finding these hidden gems and you're bringing them together. And that's sort of, I, I guess that's sort of just the attitude in general, whether it's a rock that I see where I'm like, I can really make this into something beautiful or mm-hmm. a piece of clothing that's tucked away in a thrift store or... A scarf that I can look at and say, you know what, when this is cleaned up and like if we sew up this hem over here, this mm-hmm. is going to look really dazzling. And bringing that all together and creating an overall image that people can take parts of or they can take the entirety of and mm-hmm. channel channel into themselves. Like sometimes, like if we'll wear one of these with one of our silk scarves, it's like you're dressed to the nines. Yeah, like, exactly. And you can like just put two things on of ours and mm-hmm. like take it to level 10. Yeah, it's you know? all about how you style it and what you pair it with. And yeah. it allows a I lot of like creativity. I just like that it's all natural. Mm-hmm. It's all like natural. Nothing is faux anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, exactly. Yeah. I think like people will appreciate that more. A certain mm-hmm. demographic. Like obviously mm-hmm. you can't Absolutely. please everyone. Yeah. But it's right. matter like, do you really want to please everyone? No. You want to please like certain people out there. Yeah, yeah. You want to make someone very happy, and when you do that, yeah. that spreads. That's, you know, good words. For, from one friend to another are a lot more valuable than an advertisement on a wall, honestly. Yeah. Is that kind of what would separate you guys at, you know, a show or like a fair or something like that? Obviously, you're not the only jewelry or scarves, right. you know, sellers there. Is it just you guys are just so good looking they want to stop and do your thing? Or? <laughs> they just have to say, yeah. have to say think, hi. I think, you know, honestly, when I look at her jewelry... It, it, it's unique in this earth mother it's earthy kind of way I mean and the fact that the, you know people love crystals and these are real mm-hmm. crystals and the things that she, the other things that she's done I mean it has an aesthetic that I find I'm drawn to but mm-hmm. then I guess I'm a modern hippie <laughs> well yeah that's usually usually what happens is I'm not saying this to sound pretentious at all or just you know anything along those lines but there are certain styles of doing things that are similar to the jewelry that I do and similar to the clothing that we do that are usually a lot easier and a bit cheaper and faster to do. And a lot of that involves usually like things like tie-dye clothes or uh, very simple uh, wraps on the stones or stones that are you... um, Like there's different patterns that you can use depending on the shape of the stone to sort of create like a cage around it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are some people that do it really well, but there's a lot of people that do it and it just looks bland. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't speak to the shape of the stone and to the, just the whole character of it. And instead just sort of, it's like putting it in a bland picture frame and not really doing much more with it when it could be something that is, you know displayed so differently i think you know what i would say is get our stuff now because actually it's worth a lot more than we're charging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, when, when we finally do start to get to some shows mm. where we have the clientele that will pay what it's really worth mm. you know and a lot of these things we're holding on we're not going to let go of them because we know mm. you know that they're they're worth a lot more exactly um, and you know, if they sell, great. But I said to her sometimes, I go, this looks like it should be at the Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know it's so. just, yeah, it's just all about working with the 
the pieces that you've got. But yeah, it's funny, on the note of pricing, uh, at the last fair that I went to, I brought my boyfriend Chris with, and he had never been to anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was younger, I was with my mom doing, um, she did conventions, like education conventions and uh, curriculum conventions mm-hmm. for her art lessons. She had made a whole digi- digitized version of them that she sold on CDs for a good decade or so. And uh, one of the first things that she learned there was not to undervalue yourself and not to lowball yourself mm-hmm. in hopes that people will buy your, buy your stuff, but to instead find the exact window where it's not too expensive, but it doesn't look cheap. Mm-hmm. And Chris kept on telling me, he's like, no one's going to pay more than 20 bucks for one of these rocks that you got from my mom's vase and yeah. wrap some wire around. <laughs> and I had to tell him, like, no, stop saying that. Yeah. Like... These are things that I've made into unique pieces, and I know what they're worth. Mm-hmm. I know what I can get from people. And we ended up being the most successful table at the fair by far. Nice. And we got, you know, we got a lot of attention. I, made, I met a lot of really cool people there. It was smaller, so you got to really have a lot of FaceTime with these people mm-hmm. and actually connect as a person and not just as, hey, I'm selling you something. You should buy it. Yeah, and Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a really great environment, and I was able to, you know, move a lot of pieces and to get a lot of people that were just generally interested in it and other people that were saying, you know, like, not going to buy something tonight, but they'd come back three times to the table to look at something because they, were, they had their eye on it and mm-hmm. they knew that they were going to get it online as soon as their next paycheck cleared. And... That's, you know, that's the sort of thing where it's, it's a really great experience, and I think that it's showing that we have a lot of potential for what we have. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited for you guys. Anything else you guys want to leave listeners with? We'll definitely put, you know, in the show notes, like, links to your sites and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess just anyone who's looking to do something like this, try and, especially if you are balancing a full-time job against something like this, try and put some sort of order into your schedule mm-hmm. because one of the one of the best things about the job that I have right now is that my store is closed on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So I have Saturday and Sunday to do whatever creative endeavor I need to. And, you know, I'm working eight hour days the rest of the week, but I have those two days to also relax and, you know, and I have three day weekends myself. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) if, if possible, find a setup where you do have not just a day out of the week, but a regular day out of the week mm-hmm. that you can get to consistently, and it'll help you get into a rhythm, and it helps you get things done a lot faster when it's just yourself. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess we better get busy. Yeah. <laughs> right, thanks for time. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Right. Just incredible show with both Mary and Joanna. It's very easy to see that have a passion they bring to their work. These ladies are running a handmade jewelry, scarf, shawl, accessories type of business on top of their already busy schedules. Both are doing things during the day regularly, and they have time to go out, handcraft these little intricate accessories just for individual people all around town. It's absolutely incredible. I'm so excited for them. I really hope that their business takes off. If you're interested in learning more all about Wolf Spirited or checking out some of their pieces, we actually linked up to their website and store right here in the show notes. Oh, one last thing before we go. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on our podcast in iTunes and Google Play Music. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. Those are actually linked up right in the show notes. 
while you're in there, actually, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. This episode was brought to you by A Positive Beauty. A Positive Beauty is a nail art blog with a positive living as its sidekick. So whenever you need a little quick pick-me-up, this safe space has got your back. You'll find lots of nail art, a sprinkle of beauty-related posts, and endless support on self-love. Someone who is a positive beauty is a person who emanates warmth and positivity wherever they go. Beauty shines forever when it is lit from within. To find out more, go to apositivebeauty.com. Also, for all your skincare and cosmetic needs, look no further than Lamp Enterprises. No matter your gender, age, race, or ethnicity, our top-notch products are exactly what you need to help your skin look softer, smoother, and more beautiful. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hopefully, you learned something new, or at least were able to share a few laughs with us. Until next time.